somebody's getting rained on when, <laughs> when there's a rainbow, right? And there has to be rain and light at the right angle. And she was like, you know, I understand. But also sometimes it's hard to see the rainbow when you're in it. Because you're actually in the rainbow a lot of these times. You're in the rain and the light. And somebody from further away is watching you be in these things and what it took to be you. Like it or not, you, me, and everyone else, we all have a relationship with money. And for the most part, it's a complicated one. My name's Sean Maslick. Welcome to the Most Hated F Word podcast. As a certified financial planner, I want to take you on a journey as we throw out the technical finance books and shift our focus towards our minds, our money, and what matters most. If you're looking to improve your relationship with money and build true wealth, you're in the right spot. Finances does not need to be the most hated F word. Welcome back to the Most Hated F Word podcast. I am delighted you are here for another week. This week, we're doing something a little different. I am excited as today is part one of mine and Root Hub's conversation around how and why we created a full-length music album on my journey and relationship with money. It's been a fascinating experience, and I am delighted to share it with you guys. As I said, it's going to be a two-part series, and today we're going to dive into why we created this, get some samples of the songs, and hear from me and Root Hub on how this album came to life. Before we get into this episode, if you can please do me a favor, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please head over to the Most Hated F Word podcast on Spotify or Apple and leave a review. If you have an episode you think a friend, family, or colleague would enjoy, please send it over to them. Thank you. That means a lot. Despite having always told myself the story that I am not creative, despite this narrative, I wrote a music album, a full-length music album over the past year. Now, when I say I wrote it, I collaborated with my friend, musician, and musical wizard, Root Hub. Over the past few years, I've been doing a lot of reflection on what is my money story. And I realized that for the most part, I had this unexamined money story. The more I started to examine the unexamined parts of my money story, I started to realize that there was a wealth of knowledge in reflecting, writing, and soon enough, I had tens of thousands of pages about my reflective process as I examined my unexamined money story. And I thought, hey, why don't I do something with all of these words? And that's where I had the idea of creating an album, a music album, a full-length album. And I went over and asked my good friend, Root Hub, and said, hey, I've got a lot of words. I mean, a lot of words. Can we distill this down into a few songs? And over the course of the better part of a year, we came up with six songs. And I can't thank Root Hub enough for his ability to listen and hear what my message was and be able to write it in a wonderful, beautiful song format and then create music that went along with it. So during this podcast, Root Hub and I are going to sit down and talk about the creative process 
as we review each song and its meaning and why we think these songs have universal value to all the listeners listening. But to set the stage for this, I want to talk about how and why this decision or this idea came to fruition. If we zoom out a bit, it seems like, at least all around me, there's a script that goes like this. Finish high school, go to college, buy a house, get a car, upgrade your wardrobe, and post Instagram-worthy pictures all over the internet so that people know you've made it. But we seem to forget what happens after we post those pictures. We tend to feel depleted, we're tired, and we may even realize that checking all of these boxes isn't creating the kind of freedom we're looking for. In fact, for many, and I know myself was included in this, year after year, we're becoming more stressed and further in debt, even if we aren't sharing that truth when we crop and post snapshots of our lives. How are we going to use this money to help facilitate a meaningful, a happy, a joyful life? These aren't things that we talk about in business school. I certainly didn't talk about these in, when I went to university for commerce and certainly didn't talk about these when I studied to become a certified financial planner is how can we use money as a real tool to create more happiness and joy in our lives? This has been something that I've been pondering for the last four or five years. And I often ask myself, do we have it right? The way we structure our work, the way we think about careers, do we have it right? While we know there's a lot of truth that money can make life easier, that money does have correlation to our happiness, I don't think we have it totally right. Because if we look at the research according to FP Canada, who is in a governing body for financial planners in Canada, their annual surveys continue to show that money is the most significant stressor in our lives. And this isn't just true for Canadians. In fact, despite we're just coming out of this global health pandemic, money and not health continues to be the most stressful factor for Canadians. And I think it's important we start to ask ourselves why. Why is money continuously the most significant stressor in our lives, despite we're making substantially higher wages since we did in the 1950s. Yet, a reported happiness levels, according to research, have remained relatively stagnant. Dr. Laura Adkins and her research team, who we did have Dr. Laura on the podcast, they suggest that people's drive to earn more money is motivated by a perceived belief that an increase in money will increase our well-being or our happiness. So we can see how a hyper-focus on money develops. However, Dr. Adkins' research demonstrates that only a modest relationship exists between money and this perceived belief that money will increase our well-being. And while there are many different other research around money and happiness that have somewhat mixed results, and when I say mixed results is we can find studies that show like the Kahneman research, there's little correlation between extra earned money. There's some research from Purdue, the university that shows the amount of money that creates happiness is higher than Kahneman's original work. And there's even more research showing that it depends on how we spend our money, that there is a correlation around increased money in our happiness. But the point is, most of the research that has a good correlation between happiness and increased money speaks to how we spend our money. 
Today is not about diving into the research around money and happiness, which we will do coming up early in the new year. Rather, today is about the benefits from examining our unexamined stories, as that's how this album was created through the examination of my money story. More and more recent research studies are showing that simply enhancing financial literacy may not be as effective as we once thought to improving financial well-being or eliciting long-term meaningful financial behavior changes. There's a growing body of research now that focuses on our overall financial well-being rather than the more restricted view within financial literacy. And within the literature, we can see that one of the many, and I do repeat that, one of the many, I'm not suggesting self-reflection or embracing a reflective process is the only way to create meaningful and sustainable change, but one of the ways to experience this long-term meaningful change, also known as second-order change, around our financial behaviors is to practice a reflective process. And this really got me thinking about my own money story. And I go back to Dr. Brad Klontz and Ted Klontz's work, which we've had both of them on the podcast. And I really decided that it was time to focus on my money scripts and my money story so that I can start to gain insights why I thought and felt and behaved the way I did around money. For years, I tried to find as much as financial literacy information I could to try to will myself to make behavior changes. But it seemed like I was always going back to my default setting. And this process of reflecting on my money story, on what my on what my early money memories were, on how money was talked or not talked about in my household as a child, I really started to understand why I thought and felt and acted with money. It was starting to provide me with the power of knowing, ah, this is why I feel those feelings around money. This is why I act this way around money. It was really empowering to start to see that the way I showed up, my relationship with money made sense based on my past. The thing about our money stories is that they're complex, disorganized, and confusing as they've been created from different parts of us, parts with all different needs, parts of us who are trying to use money unconscious to ourselves, but use money as a means to make them feel seen, heard, and valued. And that's what makes money so interesting and fascinating for me is that it is deeply intertwined into us, our way of being. And I learned through this process that money can serve as a portal into the deep unexamined parts of ourselves, the parts that I was afraid of going to for years, the parts that kept Mr. Shy, who's my inner money critic, and you'll hear us discuss Mr. Shy and the song we wrote to him. But the parts that kept Mr. Shy making decisions out of defensiveness and fear that kept me stuck and stagnant in my old reactive story. What I've come to realize is for some of us, practicing a reflective process allows us to begin to unravel and detangle our money stories. And I know that's not easy because often a reflective process were met with the resistance 
the resistance that keeps us from doing this important work. But if we start to lean into that resistance and wrestle with it, we can start to unravel these convoluted and complex money stories so we can start to gain awareness and understanding why we think, feel, and behave around money. You see, a reflective practice allows us to integrate these siloed parts of us, forming our whole selves. When we move from this unexamined money story to an examined story, it starts to give us our power back and helps us to uncover our relationship with money. Now, through this process, and many of us have come to learn this in life, there's no quick fix methods that guarantee meaningful, sustainable, and second order change along the journey to human flourishing. But the point I'm making here, from what I experienced from my own reflective process and creating this album about my relationship with money, my money story, is through examining our relationships with money, the micro, it may serve as a portal to explore the unexamined parts of ourselves so that we can go deeper and explore our relationship with money and our money story on a greater macro level, allowing us to see beyond the situations that we live day to day in our financial lives so we can start to create a life that centers around things that make life worth living, living the good life or a flourishing life. So perhaps unpacking our money stories using a reflective process is a good place to start. That is what I have learned through this process and the research suggests there is definitely evidence-based benefits to using reflective process. So that's enough for me. Let's dive into this conversation with Rootub so we can share our wonderful album called Change Making Money. Rudab, my friend, my collaborator, my wizard, how are you? I'm great. I'm here in um, New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually was just in New York, but uh, I'm here in uh, on the farm in Hawaii. Uh, it's a beautiful day after some rain. And um, yeah, excited to talk about what we do, the thing that we do. The thing that we do, exactly. For those of you listening, there's no concrete jungle behind Rootup. It is beautiful, green, and outdoors and sunshine. I often view his background with, uh, I was going to say jealousy, but no, I'm just happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, you know, so certain sounds might come up. There's a uh, goat that lives in the farm next to me, birds, and just sounds of here in Hawaii. So let's uh, just take you away, if uh, listeners, if you're just... Uh, hearing these sounds as well. That sounds great. All right, Rudhub. So this has been a, an experience that I never thought I would do. As I mentioned earlier, living into this Mr. Shy narrative of no one wanted to hear my voice. Nobody thinking, or actually I, me not thinking I was creative. Me saying that we made an album doesn't seem like the real reality. But the fact is, is we have an album. We do. 
And I'm familiar with that feeling, you know, when you, whenever we get shut down, a lot of times it happens when we're young. And for whatever reason, whether it's somebody we feel like somebody does it better than us or somebody in a caretaker position or authority tells us to stop. And then some point gets kind of arrested and we're like, who am I, who am I to do that? That's not, that's not what I, it's, you know, it's play. It's, and it's like, that's one of the reasons I'm here. Um, on earth, I think it's to remind people the value of play. Well, speaking of play, so the first time I met you, uh, my wife and I were on beautiful Oahu, and we were at a Wonderlust conference. For listeners, uh, Wonderlust is a yoga, music, uh, wellness festival that was uh, dreamy. I say that as if I'm this big yogi, but I can't, can't cross my legs or anything like that. But it was enjoyable <laughs> to go. But we saw this one workshop. Uh, I think it was called, was it called Song, Song Risers? Song Riser is the name of the workshop. So we see the schedule about all the different types of meditations that um, I generally leaned towards because I didn't have to do too many yoga poses. Um, but then there was a Song Riser workshop. My wife's like, we should go. And I'm like, oh. Mr. Shy was just like, no way are you going to this because you were not singing. And I knew inside of me I wanted to go. So sure enough, we go and no idea what to expect. And we see you in this room and had never met you before. And instantly I felt like, okay, this guy doesn't look like he's going to eat me or judge me. From my perspective... It was magic. I'm going to play a little clip from it, but I don't know if you have anything to add about the creation of that space, but it was ugh, seven years ago and it's still monumental memory of mine. And, you know, the connections that I've made and specifically our connection and what has flourished from it, from you taking that like calculated leap of faith in this songwriter, songwriter, a workshop that I uh, created, which essentially is like sonic vision boarding. Um, it's like an exploration of like flow state and ritual and creativity, making a safe place where we all um, sing our life into being. And, you know, something that we all used to do with each other as a, as a species and communities and tribes for ages and ages until the last couple hundred years, you know, when we started putting that responsibility in other people's hands to make our anthems, to make our songs. So that Songriser workshop is a place where uh, people are reminded that we have that as a tool, uh, you know, and everything we can share. And it just, it like builds such great connections, man. Like, just look at what we've uh, experienced since then. So, and that's like helping other people amplify their voices and stories is like one of my sweet spots of expertise. And that's where this unique connection comes is I enjoy amplifying people's money stories and the stories we're telling ourselves about money that are usually unconscious to us. And to bring like, so to speak, the art and science of this has been phenomenal. Um, I'm going to play a clip from that Songriser workshop from about seven years ago. To have the ability to express ourselves through sound is something that we're reigniting here and we're reconnecting with you. Right now we are magical. Everything is wonderful. Everything is beautiful. Right here, right now we are magical. Everything is wonderful. Everything is beautiful. Right here, right now we 
Hey, hey, Sean. Everything is wonderful. Everything is that would be outside of our comfort zone and this was way out there and we came and we loved it and you and, conquered and we didn't have to sing or try to sing but we both decided to do it and it was cool you did great yeah, it was, awesome. it was beautiful yeah. you guys, it was cool. i hope that you do more wanderlusts and yeah, you come yeah, to awesome. whistler and we can maybe see you there Oh man, that is like I haven't I haven't seen that clip in a while. And for people that are listening or watching, like those people don't know each other. Those people had never sang that song together because that song didn't exist until we all collectively created that song. And then everybody just getting up and moving around without even being called to. And there's something special that happens, like the the cognitive um neuroscience of of what happens when we do that is fascinating uh to me um there's like there's conscious stuff and like physical and like what we understand on the surface level of being in these bodies and then there's all of this like neuropathy stuff that is showing us that new things are possible through like immediacy and flow state and um <laughs> like that's where it began folks that's yeah where our our work truly began with that introduction. You never know what's going to happen when you take a when you take a chance. You know, as you're saying that, I have been to so many conferences and so many like outside of my field, the financial planning conferences. Say Wonderless. We've been like we went to a few Wonderless, my wife and I. If I have to stop and think about the other uh, workshops, not that they're better or worse, but this idea, like you're saying, immediacy and flow and play. It's just like, it's etched into my memory because it's just something so different. And yeah, seven years later, I, I'm, I, I'm blown away that it's coming back into my life. But I, at some point, I'm not surprised because it was so, it was so powerful at that time. So, so thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. And, you know, since then, I have done some work with people that are, uh, they're very, they have so much more knowledge about our brains and like how that, that those kind of things affect us. And one of the things that kind of relates to what you're saying is that when we do these conferences or retreats or when we go to school or we're learning stuff, if we're inundated with information like in a compacted space of time, it can be challenging later to retain that information and to like reactivate it. And so what these people who study brains were sharing with me is the intersection between like familiarity of these songs and the immediacy and the flow state literally do create new neural pathways in our brains while we're experiencing this moment. And so what can happen is that we can hear this song down the line and it reactivates actually a lot of the information of the experience that we had. And mm. so that's like just one of the magic benefits of, of these things. And like you said, like, I remember, I remember that workshop, we all have these moments, you know, like, oh, you're at a, at a music festival and like some, some moment strikes you and you're like, oh man, that moment, you know, like 
Oh yeah, but did you see so and so? Yeah, yeah, I was there, but I don't remember that concert as much. So that happens in these moments, and it's it's really fascinating as as we grow and as I grow and learn more about what how this affects our 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 bodies, our brains, our experience, our connection, our communities. Uh, it's everything to me. That's, that's I'm here for it. And, and you receive it, and it, it's been phenomenal. And when you're saying it brings you back, when I think about our album, I chuckle every time I say our album. That, yeah, that, you, and, that, you and me made that. Yeah, I know. And, and like, it's actually pretty fun to just say, yeah, I made an album, even though I just kind of chatted and you did all the heavy lifting. But nonetheless, every time I listen to one of those songs, like, oh, yeah, like it's just like immediate to your point, immediacy. So it's wonderful the work you're doing and the work that we're doing on creating these two fields. But after that workshop, you know, life went on and it was a few years. Like I said earlier, I started diving into my money story and the relationship I had with money. And I started this podcast and I remember like, right away being like, I need to interview Rudhub. He'd be fascinating. And your initial response was, I'm not a financial guy. And I was like, exactly. You've got a money story though. And I bet you it's fascinating. And that we reconnected through a podcast where you sang a phenomenal song. It's episode number seven. And you sang this phenomenal song based on what we spoke about that you made up on the, inst- or on the spot. And the one line is still etched in my mind. It's, what is wealth? Is it money or gold or a vault no treasure can hold? Is it currency? Tell me. Is worth made up of money and gold? Or is it a treasure no vault can hold? You are the treasure that no vault can hold. So that that line was a gift as well. Thank you for that conversation. I'm grateful for that exchange as well because that has stayed with me and represented so many different moments of what I consider true wealth, which is experience, you know, and, you know, the moments that are really make life fulfilling or magic or whatever word you have for it. So yeah, that, that, that immediacy, that flow state, you know, uh, and like what can come out when you, when you continue to practice it, when you, you know, it's like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can't, it's not like I was just showed up one day and had this like in, in the bag, you know, Mm -hmm. I think parts of it were, you know, it it was a lifetime of putting myself back in the gym of flow state and like, taking chances and having failures that lead to getting better. Like, I think we've talked about it. It's like surfing. The first time you surf, you're like, this is the worst. Unless you get up on a wave and you're a natural, you have to do it and do it and do it and do it. And once you get the physiology of it down, then you've got to have the relationship with the ocean Mm. and understand that these waves that are only once and never the same wave twice are coming and they're coming from thousands of miles away. And if you get into the flow with that wave, you have the best ride of your life. And then you start understanding, well, I, I'm not telling the wave where to break. I can't tell the wave which way to go. So my responsibility is getting in tune with that. And like, 
when we do that, that's when moments like that, that there, there's a vault no treasure can hold. Episode uh, seven, y'all. Episode seven. Yeah, we'll have that show our link in the show notes because I think it's worthwhile to hear your backstory because uh, we really dive into your story. As you're explaining this surfing, I, I can't help but think about this work that we're doing and especially what, what my focus on the money story side is, is what I learned through finding Mr. Shy is he's almost like a wave. Like I can't stop him and I tried to for years and I have poorly tried to surf. And what I realized is I couldn't muscle my way through a wave or anything. You just got to accept, accept that wave and learn to, I guess, deal with whatever wave comes your way if you're going to surf on it or not. You just maybe think about that. Like it's, this is what you're dealt with. Now learn to deal with it or learn to get up and surf on it. There's a quite a bit of surrender. Mm-hmm. In, That's what I was going both for. Of, both of these things that we're talking about in surfing and challenges of growth that come with growth. Like you said, I'll echo so many times we want to force it into, we want it the, the, the growth or the healing the transformation to come faster on our schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, I want this now and I want these, you know, there's an algorithm to this and these goals can be met by this time because they're linear tricks in the brain. And sometimes, you know, something like that we did like seven years ago, you know, like catches up with us and gives us these aha moments. And it's really similar, like that moment of surrender uh, and people can have think of surrender as a as like a neg- negative bias to surrender but that's not really what mm-hmm. we're talking about we're talking we're not talking about this like a battle mm-hmm. we're talking about like that embrace you know and like when you embrace that especially in a wave and especially when you're getting pounded by a wave yeah like if you get rigid in those moments or if like we're in a place where we feel like life is tumbling us and we start just tighten up and get tense that's when you break bones that's when you injure yourself and there's that thing of surrender of knowing like this is a moment this is a moment that we're in like mr shy is a wave is a moment mm-hmm. it does not have to be our identity for our entire existence that's just kind of sometimes we get tricked into like that loop of like this is my identity now mm-hmm. i mean i just know that from my experience of like scarcity and struggle I'm an artist and I have to struggle. Like, you know, I have to, mm-hmm. all true artists struggle to, and it does not have to be as much of a fight when you learn the actual value of surrender, you know, and like being like water. And, and yeah, I love all these analogies of like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the beach after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no beach near me. Before we get into the album though, so we have this podcast, you and I, you sing this wonderful song and we're, then we're like, hey, let's do this with other people. So we, if you recall Ryan and Carolyn, they yeah, were uh, our first, our first. Yeah. So we do a podcast with them. It wasn't a public podcast. And so it wasn't even a podcast. We do a call with them where I'm asking them questions about their money story, the relationship with money. And you're sitting there listening and you create this beautiful song. Yeah. You know, like I love our what ifs, like Sean and I have like challenged each other with these what ifs and explore new territory. And that what if was one of the best ones because we were experiencing this this stuff in this like container of us. And then we got to the point where we were recognized its value and then experimented with that, with a couple who was, 
had a buy-in with us to be like, okay, we'll try this. What is this? Because we try, <laughs> we, 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 we try to explain it to people. And I, I know how it sounds. Like, I know the optics of this. Well, there's this guy I know, and he's got a guitar. <laughs> he's like a, a music wizard. And like, you instantly start thinking of like some, I mean, I personally start thinking of like the guy by the campfire that kind of won't shut up and yeah. like it's singing covers and brown eyed girl or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to that song, but, yeah. um, you know, and then they actually get into that moment. There's so many different things going on because I'm listening to them. Sean's pulling their story, coaxing it out, like fostering an environment where they are heard. I'm listening. So we're all investing in each other in this moment. And then when it comes, the point, that's when I open up this conduit and their story gets amplified and 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 told in song in the moment and it's like such a magic place it's like it it's like we unzip this portal in between the future and the past i said this many times because when we're in that it's mu it's much like surfing we're all like on the party wave and we are experiencing at the same time and it's this like kind of rube goldberg thing where the more into the song i get I can see their reaction and they're getting more inspired and all this happening in real time. And that see, that creates a, a loop back to me where I'm like more into the song and I see you. And next thing you know, I believe they were in, in they were moved oh, to yeah. tears by the they end. They were, yeah. It's about them. Like a lot of, you know, I used to write a lot of songs about me and my experience when I was more of a professional musician performer. And so I found so much more fulfillment in putting other people's stories to to song in the moment. And it just reminds me that like some of these, a lot of these things are very universal. And then they like, when they're really, really great, they become our song. Like, mm -hmm. collectively. <laughs> I feel like this part. is my song too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, let's play a part of this. Beautiful. Beyond control and into the flow Oh, what we want We'll come and go When we desire less We can have so much more Chop wood, now carry water So we can chillax sooner and later I'll flex the ball into the dream Oh, this is mine now and your future dream Control into the flow. Oh, what we want will come and go when we desire less. Now we can have so <laughs> and it just gets so good. Um, but uh, that one, when I saw them both tearing up, it was like, wow, this is remarkable, right? Like Eureka, like yeah. the, the aha moment where. I saw that like you and I were going to have so much more than we, <laughs> we can yeah. have so much more. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, I don't mean, I don't intentionally mean to yeah. tie that Quote in. Yourself. But, like, yeah. We're going to be like, I seeing that moment and seeing what that meant to them and being like, wow, I never 
ever would have foreseen this as a a vehicle to help people like what comes through me as a vehicle to help rewrite i and it and it speaks back to my relationship with my money mm-hmm. that i that was a blind spot for me and like when that was happening whew, i was just <laughs> like here all right here we go here we go this is the whole this is so brand new and i and I think that's a really important thing, especially as we grow and we, you know, we get older to have those things that engage our, our brains and, and have us like challenge us to, to do new things, man. I'm so, I'm so stoked on it. What we're doing. Oh, it's so good. And before we get into our album, I just like saying that, uh, we had another situation where I was having conversations with someone on their money story and they were just leaning into the discomfort that does sometimes come along with it. I'm like, I'm like, we got to get root up here. We got to get root up here. So you were up for it. And Karan, if you remember, and she was actually, we recorded this one as a podcast because she wanted to. We originally just recorded to give her the copy and she's like, no, release that as a podcast. So number 36 we go into her story about her money story and the cultural influences and her parent influences. And um, that was another magical moment when you come in and capture it all on that song. Mm. Yeah, that one was, that one, that one hit different. That did. Let me play a little clip from that one. learning to stand inside my own. I'm learning to stand inside my own. Now the call to change my life. My whole life made my head spin. So I I went and turned that gold straight jacket in. <laughs> And now I learned how to really use my wings. And as I rise, I hear the freedom bells ring. Oh, the smile that you see me learning to. Oh, that was. Oh, man. I don't even know how to describe. <laughs> so yeah that was a special moment she the the audio on that one uh hopefully people can still hear but it was just uh, just magical not uh, i gotta stop using that word no it's okay i just for me people are like you're like a magician i'm like well magicians do tricks they trick people this is more like wizardry of but it is magic it's like i think anything that like delineates time and like helps you so you're not worrying about the future or regretting the past anything that creates that is to me magic and like that's what we we do and for the listeners that so as i'm listening to people and the stories they're telling i will write down like things that really like pop out uh, I'll write down a phrase that they'll say or a keyword, and so that integrates into the song. So that has like multiple effects. One, it just shows that they're listening and they're being heard, and then it also, when the song comes back to them, it allows them 
to hear themselves in a way that maybe they can't con- they have challenges contextually being easier on themselves because we sometimes listen with this prejudice or we we, we approach ourselves with a prejudice of how we view ourselves so when this they hear this coming back to them through me it's really interesting because they're 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 a little softer i think on themselves when they hear it coming through this which is an uh, incredible uh, device for helping change and transformation occur. And then sometimes, I don't know why it happens, but Sean and I have had quite a few moments of like, we call it out here, the coconut wireless. And it's where things are communicated without words. And <laughs> he and I have like been so on the same page where we just like, he'll say something about like what he envisions and I'll, show him a document where I've already written oh, what, too he's, many times. what he's talking about. So that happens in these songs sometimes where this thing comes through and the people are just like, how did you know that? And I don't really, I don't know it, but <laughs> it's just, it's happened enough where I'm like, this is like that kind of special magic is just like that gold, like letting go, like that gold, I turned, turned that gold street jacket in. You can hear, like, you can't hear it in the audio, but all three of us were kind of like, oh, oh yeah. Because like, oh. <laughs> like, she talked about, like, the stray jacket that she felt in the episode. So, oh, you, you make me think, like, these songs, in a way, it's like, when you see me, it gives me permission to be myself. And when you're echoing back these songs of just, I see you, I, I actually heard you. It's wonderful. So, before we get into our album, which we are, the one last one here. This was the Todd Cashton. So Todd was on the podcast, episode number 79. What a what a gem, Todd. Yeah, Todd is awesome. We got to meet Todd in person in Denver. Uh, we shared a nice dinner with him. Uh, his work is so, so interesting where he studies curiosity and his latest work is The Art of Insubordination, where he talks about this idea of being a principled rebel, is going against the against what society deems is responsible. And I'm not responsible that we should do and, and questioning these social norms. So we have this, this conversation, episode 79, a link in the show notes. Todd had no idea that Root Hub's on the call. He just said, yeah, someone's going to help me take notes. Yeah, and then, on that one, my screen was black. Yeah. So you, didn't, you didn't see any of this stuff. And I don't even think you had your neat Zoom screen. You have this like kind of yeah. wizard-like one sometimes. You mean oh, this, this one? This is one, yeah. You didn't have that one that day, I don't think. <laughs> It was just, it was just blacked out. Rudup gets on, sings a song, and I'm not going to play the song, but this is Todd's reaction live. Like, this is his first words that come out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, wow, happened. my God. <laughs> Dude, my face hurts. My face hurts. Holy. Yes. yes. Ho- wait, hold on. Wait, I can't use profanity here, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. The podcast <laughs> most hate effort. Holy shit. That was. This is the most amazing experience I've had in months. This is, by the way, Root Hub, that was so good. Oh my God. The lyrics were amazing. Your voice has this like, uh, like a uh, grungy Nirvana-ish growl to it. It's like, and it's, oh my God, I'm in heaven right now. This is heavenly. Uh, yes. Oh man, that, that brings my heart joy. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, what, that's what we're here for. You know, helping support each other within immediacy and agency. And with like, you know, everything you guys were talking about, uh, I'm just happy to be here and be a part of that. How, all right. I need to find a way to share this 
widely. And <laughs> this is my amulet. It's on my website. Is my anthem. This is amazing. So, all right. Um, and how are you not advertising your podcast as having this root hub sidecar of awesomeness? <laughs> oh, just I love that response of <laughs> I, I forgot what that root hub sidecar of awesomeness. <laughs> oh man, like, and for those people that don't know Todd or his work is that's not his typical like <laughs> New York no you know, yeah um like hey you know what all right strong like, New Yorker like, yeah yeah um yeah that kind of response like it just is this like that's what it's all about you yeah. know like you said this that was this this is heaven you said this is heaven like <laughs> yeah. that's the magic right there man like uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked on this work that we do together, you know, and like, that's where we like, we've been doing it for a while enough to like, we, we understand each other's flow. Um, we understand, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, such a gift to like, to be able to share. It really is. So if there are people listening who want to send an email, um, we, we have a, we have a system so we can make some songs for some people about their money stories. Oh Yeah. In doing this with other people, it occurred to me as I was doing more reflection on my money story and had tens of thousands of words written. I was like, Root Hub, what happens if I gave you all of these words and you wrote an album for me? And you're like, sure. I said, let's go. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, I sent you so many words, like like a novel worth, and you're just like, sure. And what we created is like, it's been one of the greatest gifts that I've had because like it, it is not, it's about ev- like what I've talked about earlier. It's like flourishing beyond our finances and using that money as a portal to see that unexamined part of me where I got to meet Mr. Shy. And I just, thank you. It, it was quite the experience going through this with you. Yeah, you know, that was and still is when I listen to some of these songs. I am amazed at collaboration because I have I've been in many different forms of collaboration and each one of them is unique. But and this one is very super unique because of the nature of what we do, of the nature of like our connection. Sean was able to break these down into different kind of zones, chapters of, of the transformation of a story. And I read them and reread them and he sent more notes. And it was just like such an interesting experiment into co-creation, you know? And, you know, you were saying like, it's our album. This is definitely our album. I would have never written this on my own. You know, and like you wrote a lot of these words. I just refined those <laughs> words, you know, like um, Bernie Taupin and Elton John or like Robert Hunter, who was lyricist for the Grateful Dead. You know, those bands like, and you know, they they were great. And that's like just this really good, what's the word? It's just, you know, what teamwork. Mm-hmm. So Sean had sent me so many of these things over... <laughs> It's great though. Like yeah. I, I would rather have more information than just not enough information or not enough, enough vulnerability. And I'll applaud Sean for you for 
really being vulnerable and and the things that you've shared and helping that context brings the genuine nature of you can hear it in these songs it's, it's, you know especially like mr shy like um that song really resonates with a lot of people when i'm playing it and it, it, you know we're we we did debate we're like what do we do with this now then <laughs> and we're, i'm like put it we got to put this on we got to put this on the channels, but put it out there so people can hear it as well. Because a lot of these songs are universal. When earlier you're talking about how you listen and you make people feel heard, I wrote so many words, but somehow you were able to distill what I was trying to say. And every time you would fire me a song, I'm like, oh, that is exactly what I'm trying to say, minus 20,000 words. And it just was, it was amazing and like when you say co-creation the other thing i think we broke all the rules about working together we're like we never set time frames we never set parameters yeah. we never set like expectations it was just like let's just let's just try this out and i remember sitting there one day and you know it had come across because like i was so much into writing my feelings and thoughts around money and this money story and i'm sitting there one day and Change Making Money, the opening song for the album, comes into my text message. I'm like, what? And you're like, and we jump on a Zoom call. And, uh, oh, no, the first lyrics came in. And we jump yeah. on a Zoom call. And I hadn't listened to it. And I'm just like, this is like, to quote Todd, this is heaven. This is like, this is it. This is the end. All of this wrapped around in two and a half minutes, I think the song is. I'm like, it doesn't get better than this. And I remember you saying that, like, yeah, I think you were in Coachella. And this is memory. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You're like, I, I was listening to Harry Styles sing away. And then you got, like, this inspiration from all the different music around there. And then the final words came in. And you went to the studio and wrote it and sent it to me. And I just couldn't stop smiling ear to ear. I remember after <laughs> we talked, biking to go get my kids because it was time to pick them up from school. And I had it on my headphones, just, like, smiling away. Yeah, like that, you know, I had, uh, I got invited to go uh, to Coachella and, and kind of camp backstage with some folks. And I had just, maybe I hadn't been to a festival in a long time because of lockdown and all these things, but I really embraced like these big pop numbers, you know, like um, Harry Styles and Billie Eilish and Megan Thee Stallion, and, like Doja Cat, just being like, wow, pop, like pop. There's, there's a, that's how you talk to people sometimes. And I was like, oh, well, talking about change making money. And let's, and I talked to my, my recording partner in LA. I was like, we're going to approach this like a pop song, like we, which we'd never really done before. And what came out at the end, we were just like looking at each other, like, I don't know if I've ever heard. A song based on money like this before, you know. We we hear about like money, like people are like boasting and bragging about how much they have, or there's like you know money from Pink Floyd, which is like the weird feelings about money. And this one was just like feel good, yeah, like just a feel good thing <laughs> about money, like and it felt like we were just breaking new ground for us personally, and then for you to send it to you and to have that response is like, oh man, 
it's a it's a it's a bop that one. Yeah, and the, it's so it's catchy but good, and like the opening when it talks like navigating the money story had me lost at sea. And I was like the the very first lyrics I hear you sing about this project. I'm like, whoa, yep, that's that's it. And then when later I couldn't, like, I couldn't find the wave to take me where I wanted to be. Which yeah, is a call back, call back to our other surfing analogy earlier. And and then like the next part of afraid. This one really got me. Is afraid of having not enough, fear of wanting way too much. Just like mm. oh, yeah. And then that one line, it just, it, it, I just, I, I love it so much. Money's not the boat of life. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were gonna call this one out. Uh, yeah, you know, I stepped, I stepped on you a little bit. Here. No, you go uh, for it. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that line is: "Money is not the boat of life; it's just the wind and the sails." You know, it's like when that line, and and also the way the harmonies are rising in that part is like a really kind of like hallelujah moment, like of like. And then it drops right back into that chorus, into that hook, change, making money. But yeah, it's not. And it's like so many times we get fooled into thinking like, like the money, money is the vessel. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really, it's really not. It's something that fuels the vessel and helps move it, mm-hmm. and fills it. And, you know, and then it goes away and it comes and it goes away. But it's definitely not the boat of life. That's something else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this song was so. This is like the encapsulation of everything. Change making money. So let let's go into change making money, and and enjoy. Navigating the money story had me lost at sea. I could not catch the wave to take me where I needed to be Afraid of having not enough Fear of wanting way too much And notion of abundance taught me how to dance and ditch the crutch measured in how I spend my time. Mm. So good. So good. Mm. So I heard that song and I was like, okay, this project's done. Wrapped up in one song. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. We don't have to do any (laughs) more. Yeah, I was like, this is it. It can't get better. 
And then we kept going. So I I really enjoy that song because it's really, it encapsulates the whole journey. And then we go into the journey. And, you know, we haven't published this on Spotify. The goal is to have it out when we're, we're talking. The intent between uh, behind Unsafe Safety Net, which is song two, for me, this, this, this story that I had been in, this perception I had around money was, like I mentioned earlier, get a job, get a promotion, chase those promotions, post those jobs or those pictures on LinkedIn and Instagram to show people that you made it. But then realizing that like this is like my money story is silently ghostwriting my story and I have no idea. And it's snuffing out any sort of creativity or any sort of like inner desire I have. And in the financial world, we always talk about building the safety net, which is very important, but I think it's yeah. being an intentional safety net. And I did feel like I was living this unsafe safety net. And that's where you came in with the, the line, the, the, the name, the unsafe safety net. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the things that we think are, are protecting us, you know, mm. a lot of the time are defense mechanisms and more like fear-based than what we really, really need them to be. And I thought this was the, the way you did this, like a fun, it's quite the fun sounding song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of heavy, heavy uh, subject matter. And you got to put some like fun, fun into fun delivery system. Yeah, uh, like the champagne backflips off the boat, <laughs> diamond G6 avocado toast. <laughs> you see it every day, right? If you look at that phone, you see that kind of like... You do. That portrayal of like life. And, and, and while it's great for the people that are making it, it, it the observers... You know, a lot of a lot of this has like turned us into like observers rather than participants in our own lives, and uh, you know, comparing your life to somebody else's thing, which is like a sure enough way to feels good in the moment because the dopamine happens when you're doing it. You kind of feel like you're part of it, and that doesn't sound like a very safe place to fall if you're if you're gonna fall. No, and that's what I I, I really appreciate about the what you encapsulate in the song is this idea that whether it's not examining our stories, our money stories, I go into a line that you have, it's a gamble game. We don't really trust. And I, I, that resonates with me because we can be prescribed these, these, these lives that we think are fulfilling and full of satisfaction. But really when we look, we we look underneath them it, people are afraid people are scared to to live their own or find their own safety net and it's just it's easier to look for the common safety net of what is everybody doing and compare ourselves distracting ourselves from ourselves Ooh. <laughs> yeah he's a bullseye bullseye zone right there like you know that it reminds me of a quote um here's to those that'll truly know themselves there are many that would rather face their fiercest foe on a field of battle than meet themselves in their own closet. Oh, yeah. And it's just easy these days. You know, it's very, the, there's very little resistance to just like losing yourself in something that's not around you. There's like actual forces working like on the other side of these screens, like algorithms trying to suck us in to, 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 to commodify us, to, to turn us into the product, right? I don't get to into that, I just want to 
say like 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 the project that we we're doing together, like this music project, the future one, the ones that we help people see themselves is like that is so that fulfillment is for me like it goes back again to that that vault, right? And like that concept of like what it can hold or not. Wow, like you it just I'm I'm constantly with this work that we're doing being reminded about how like the the importance of gratitude Mm -hmm. you know and like what's around us and like turning that lens sometimes on yourself without that negativity bias i think the conference we were just talking at they were talking about negativity bias i think it was Mm -hmm. todd actually he was talking Mm -hmm. about that and like turning that lens on ourselves so we can examine like our blind spots and the parts of us that we do think need to grow. And I think like what we're doing, some of the, some of the unexpected, um, what's the word I used, I was using for it. Like just like the unexpected benefits um, and surprises that we've had with other people and with each other in this all go back to like self-reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we're helping other people amplify their things so they can self-reflect in a, in a more tolerant and, and like fostering actual change way, or whether we've been reflecting that with each other, that's the key to it. That's like the essence of our work mm-hmm. and how that can really radically change your relationship with self, which radically changes your relationship with your closest loved ones and your community change your relationship with money, change your relationship with identity. Woo. Like magic. Yeah, it's it's like holding that space to do that. You know, none of these things is telling people what to do. It's just holding space for people to reflect. And you talk about that vault and the end of unsafe safety net when it says system will try to tell you to risk your life for gold, but calculated leaps of faith, treasures no vault can hold. Love it. <laughs> Don't fall for the loop. Pack your own parachute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? So, it's not anybody else's job either, like, to change you. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's not our job to change any of these people. We just hold them in the mirror. Yeah. Pack, pack your own parachute. Paddle your own canoe. Oh, you just made me think of Denver. If money was a mirror. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What is it? Yeah. Money was a mirror. What, is it? what do we see? That was that was that was wonderful. Okay, so let's hear unsafe safety net. Here we go. Watch them stunt, see them post the dreamy life you want the most. The champagne backflip off the boat, the diamond G six avocado toast. Short attention, feel the dream. Fall in love, fall in the screen. Write a script, fake a life, a desperate cry, a million likes. Safety net can't hold all of us. A gamble. on the table 
line enough. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, that's not on place of judgment. Like, I line up, place that bet all the time. Oh, me too. Me too. This is a, uh, like how we, we, a lot of lyrics is, it's a mountain without a top. We're always aspiring, but we're never arriving at this. But it's, you talked about notice, like you almost talked about noticing before. I think a lot of this comes down to just noticing now. Like, oh, okay, notice, I'm, I'm putting my chips in. Yeah, yeah. You know, like coming from a place, you know, as my identity has changed, um, as I have like softened some defense mechanisms and understood you know, importance of um, just stillness sometimes. Stillness, like I was saying, I was saying to a friend, hustle, hustle without stillness is illness. You know, as we live in this like day and age where you got like hustle is almost the sign of wealth. Mm-hmm. Are you busy? Are you busy? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you doing things? That's your, that's oh, more. That's I wore that with a badge so, of honor. I was like, oh, yeah. look at me. My wife's like, you're busy. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, you're just jealous that I'm busy. <laughs> it's like, oh, right? I don't have time. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I did. I don't have time. You know, we were, what was it? We were talking about that recently. Like, oh, is it in a place called San Francisco? And there's, I that place. There's this, there's this invite for like a last minute meeting of life for investors and that people were just, there just several people there I, i'm not i'm not an investor i'm i'm there surprised the light with a guy <laughs> i have like my skin in the game is is their actual experience and i overheard this people saying like well i i i didn't know whether i should respond or not and come to this and the other person was like why not it's like well i mean it's a last minute thing and you know, if, if, if I don't already have plans and what am I doing? Like if I can, if I have time to come to this thing at last minute, then I'm not, I don't have my schedule full. And I was just like, wow. Like that seems like such an anxious mm-hmm. place of like, kind of like uh game of thronesy, <laughs> like <laughs> corporate kind of like mindset. And I get it. I'm not trying to judge it. It just like speaks to that that thing of like stillness and like, and I don't know, I've, I've been really having to take a, a different look at my relationship with my telephone, with my phone recently, like mm-hmm. that thing that I carry because I, and that, and that's part of why that song resonates with me is because I'm, I'm not outside that crowd. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're all lining up to, totally, to, yeah. to, to make a bet. It's not, you're all lining up to make a bet. Yeah. It's like we like those are those are the moments like when we create when we create or we co-create things where a lot of different people can get value out of them and like understand and like stuff about all of us. Yeah. To some uh, to to pop claps. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's you know, you talk about the the busyness, though. It just as we go to Mr. Shy, the next song, like, I I wore that with a badge of honor, like I said, being busy, and I was that person who thought, like, if I had a, if I didn't have something going on, holy smokes, um, something's wrong. And the more I did this self reflection work, the more I I started to realize it was Mr. Shy who wanted to be seen. Mr. Shy is what I call my inner critic, and having the ability to sing him a song it's been like amazing to like be like it's okay buddy i got i got this from now 
but check out this song. And you were able to encapsulate this is this is a a heavy but light. When I say heavy, it's like touching for me, the song. But lightness is that it feels light. And uh, yeah, for for years, Mr. Shy had me thinking that money was my voice. Money is what showed that I mattered. And this summer, I remember we were camping out in Jasper, Alberta. It's beautiful in the mountains. And I, I looked at my email in the mountains, of course. Boom, Mr. Shy shows up in my inbox. I'm like, oh, and I played it and I'm sitting on a chair looking at these beautiful mountains. The sun was setting. And it was like, had this pinkish glow on the mountain. And I was like, oh, yes. I like grabbed my wife out of the trailer. I'm like, you got to listen to this. And it was just like, it was, it was, it was remarkable. And uh, this is one of the most impactful songs of the whole album for me. Echoing everything you said. I think we should play this one all the way through. I think so too. Let, let's see, see, same page. I, I I honestly was thinking that. I was like, okay, this one I can't cut. So yeah. this is Mr. Shine. I am Mr. Shine. You never see me standing out. In the crowd, the fear and doubt Are just too loud to let me out I am Mr. Shy I'm occupied all day and night Distracting me from what I'm really all about My mantra is a lie A little child on the inside I'll keep me safe, intoxicated All the while this plastic smile Is panicking just underneath The drive to make money succeed To prove my worth, my mantra is a lie i 
the, every every time. It's I had so many feelings. Like it brought me back to Denver because that was the first time I heard you play it live, and yeah. And I think that like this this whole idea of money stories, we try to change so many of our behaviors through financial literacy and these different ways, which which are beneficial. But I've been ch- chatting to more and more people, and it's conclusive. We all have these inner critics. Mine happens to be called Mr. Shy, and they clatch on, cling on to our money stories, and they start to unconsciously ghostwrite them. And I think that song is universal because it's, it's it, it, we all have those inner critics. Yeah, we do. It starts out as like a feeling, and then or, or emotion, even like an emotion, and then that or the feeling and emotion. And if it doesn't move, like one of my teachers told me, like emotions are like energy in motion. And they're just feelings. And the first step of allowing, because I, I was in a place for a lot of my life where I I didn't feel like I was allowed to feel. I didn't feel like I was allowed to I mm-hmm. wasn't I wasn't allowing myself to actual feel. I'd like suppress these things. And I couldn't feel anger when I was little because I had to like deal with the other things of like you know, like just to get by and just to make it through the day. And so like when we have those feelings that we don't allow to like move through us and say like, hey, it's okay for me to feel hurt or fear or anger or, you know, joy or, you know, fulfillment. You don't allow yourself to actually feel them. They get stuck and then they get stuck in you and then they become beliefs. And like Mm -hmm. you said, start writing these stories like, uh, for a long time, I'm writing this story about yeah, like me and money are seeing other people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday we're gonna get we're gonna uh, yeah. get together, but right now we're just seeing other people, you know. And then I, I have to, you know, for a long time I didn't understand my own value, you know, and um, and so I couldn't possibly put like a, a number on what my value was. Because I didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. I was I was unable to see, you know, that I am valuable. You know, I think about this Mr. Shy and a lot of people of like the things we try to do to fill the vessel, you know, fill that hole that all of us have, that kind of like place where we, we don't know like what the code is to the cheat code for our, <laughs> our feeling. And um, like in this song specifically is where it comes to the bridge, which is like one of the, me and my recording partner were saying like, wow, the chord progression in this bridge is just like some really cool kind of like quasi circle of fifths, like golden ratio stuff, which is like music theory. And it's saying more and more and more and more and more is never enough. Mm-hmm. That's the, when the, the fulcrum of the song, or it's more like, you know, you're going down and then it goes up, actually. That's what it should be. I don't mean up, but down. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, oh, Mr. Shy. And then you hit that more and more and that realization of that surrender. And then it goes up. I'm going to be heard and take off my mask. And I can just actually be and realize like, oh, I was hiding because of me, not because of other people. You know, it, there was a point when I was doing this deep dive into my money story that I was feeling so like entrapped. And then it occurred to me, it's like, wait, how much am I tightening this trap like, as opposed to all these other things that I thought were doing it? But I'm like, wait, am, am I tightening this? 
And then like that more and more, that was my point where I'm like, ah, and then your, your words is beautifully like exactly what I was feeling. Um, but yeah, that intoxication effect of money just like consumed me. And Mr. Shy, just uh, that second line, the fear and doubt are just too loud to let me out. It was just like, I knew he was in there. I just wasn't aware of it. Like I could feel something, but it was just, I don't want to feel that. That's scary. And, uh, Every time I hear that last part, taking off the mask of shame, everyone could see just who I am in broad daylight. That part is like, oh, and then I'm going to be okay. My my yeah. mantra is I'm going to be okay. It's just, it's a, thank you. A beautiful song. Yeah. Wouldn't have been there if you hadn't uh, taken the risk of being you and letting everybody else know. Well, then it gets to the work. Years ago, I read Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art, and he calls it the resistance, like the work that's necessary to do. And he, the resistance is that thing that stops us from doing the important things. And I think the, the work is so important, at least my experience of like just sticking with that discomfort. And it was through us that I started to see that, hey, this could be a bit of joy. It could be a bit playful. Like it's a very looking at ourselves, especially the unseen parts of us, the 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 parts we've are afraid of, it, it could be very difficult. But this concept that you have about play, you really brought into the song, which I appreciated. Yeah, work is play. Took me a long time to figure that out. You know, when I first heard it, I was like, wait, no, but it's so hard. It's not play. And then I started sitting with it. I was like, oh, okay. I'm I, Ah, I get it. I get it. it. It's not like making light of it, but when we position it as play, then you make an album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, yeah, we could, you know, either, like not, I'm not knocking therapy sessions at all. I've no. been, uh, I've been um, in therapy, which has yielded great things. And that, that can be work. That can be like, I just can sometimes feel like hard work. Um, but also the value of play, you know, I have, this is a farm and sometimes the, work than me and my other business partner do is very hard work, but it's also play at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like those things can exist simultaneously. We're kind of like taught that these can't, these things can't exist. You can't have fun while you're doing hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, says who? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it made me think of um, the, the research around bringing meaning to work. So like, you know, there's this idea that, oh, you have to get, find your purpose in these big aspirational jobs that can change the world. But there's a lot of research now that's like, no, no, let's bring some meaning to our existing work, being present, being aware of what we're doing and finding joy or play in the work we're doing. And that's what I, I heard you saying about at the, the farm. And I think it's true that we can bring meaning or play to our work. We don't have to find this grandiose job. And if we don't have that, we're not going to be happy. True story. Let's listen to song number four, The Work. The Work speaks to looking inside of ourselves and highlights the challenge that we meet when we look inside of ourselves as we face the resistance, the resistance to change. You'll hear the work has a grunge sound from the 90s as we thought the grunge scene did a good job representing the grindy sounds of Seattle with the sludgy, distorted guitars, where the music and lyrics spoke about questioning the norms, questioning society, like these unsafe safety nets we spoke about earlier, 
and how change is needed. Any, uh, anything else on the work before we get into it for you? Yeah, you know, there's the, the bridge of this song is the job is you. The mm. job is you. The job is you. And not like you are your profession, but like you are your actual work. You, who you are, who you become, who you've been, that's the job. Mm-hmm. And that job can be played. That work can be played as well. And yeah. it can also be hard. It can be hard and can be fun. It, it is all the same. It's like a series of yays and boos. <laughs> but I, I really like that part. Is like the change is in us. Like the job is you. And the other part of the song that really hit me is like I always saw Mr. Shies as like armored defending my unexamined story, my unexamined money story. But then you're, the, the line you have is the armor is strong, but getting heavy. The muscle knows just what to do. And it goes on. It just, you, again, you encapsulate this essence that I was feeling. All right, let's listen to the work. Is that from like the late '90s in Seattle? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I sound, it felt like I wanted to start headbanging and just rocking yeah, out in the pit. I think it's fitting though, it, as we go through this journey of this album, is that it's awareness that hey, maybe I don't fit in. The, my observation is I don't fit in the safety net, or I, I don't feel comfortable in here anymore. I then go meet Mister Shy, and then the work it can be played, but it's challenging. And I think that music really shows the energy of, okay, I got to get into, I got to lean into this discomfort that comes along with the work. Mm -hmm. Spot on. So then we're going through this work. We're bringing play to it, but we still acknowledge it's hard. But then we start to get to the other side. And the neat thing about behavior change or, or, or change is that we get to a point when we have enough awareness that, I start to see things different and like the paradigm has changed. And what I enjoy about this album and the, this work around money stories, is it's not about encouraging people to save more, which is important. This is about like paradigm cha- changing and like perspective changing. And I feel like as we enter out of the work into ROI, the paradigm has shifted and it's like, Oh, a new world. Like uh, I'm submerging from this or emerging. Yeah. Emerging, emerging emerging from this work 
And now I just see things different. I feel lighter. That That's the essence I get from ROI. Yeah. When you and I talked about this, originally we were talking about like Joseph Campbell stuff, like hero's journey, mm-hmm. kind of uh, the the story of transformation of stepping into who you um, who you aspire to be, who you dream about, and like the thing that sometimes you think you are, and then like something happens, and you're you know you go into crisis, and you kind of see yourself revealed in a different way, and you're like, oh, whoops, <laughs> got to do some work. Mm-hmm. This crisis will bring about change, and you know, catalysts, and, and to that's how we you know transform. And so this is that part where like you kind of like you've been doing the work for a while. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, three month mark when you started really going to the gym, you know, and it's and uh, or doing some sort of exercise or some sort of ritual or practice every day. And then like three months in, you're like, you know what? I crave this now. Like I want this. It's just there's something that used to feel like work. And now it just feels like mm. something that I absolutely have to do. And it's like. What I feel like this is where that, uh, like you say, that emergence. As you were saying that, like emerging out and it just sees things different. And I can tell you five years ago, I've done a lot of presentations in the realm of financial planning. Five years ago, if someone told me, and and this idea of detaching from outcomes, like I was always had an attachment to outcome where this work, it was just like, let's see what happens. But five years ago, if someone told me that I would be doing a presentation in front of the Financial Therapy Association with a guy from Hawaii who who sings songs instantly and I would be wearing a jean jacket and a mustache and not a suit. <laughs> I would have been, nah, that's not my life, but it felt so good to walk in there with you and just like be, you know, be there with Mr. Shy, but have him watching as opposed to running the show. And you 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 get that so well in in the line of you don't have to be an actor echoing old lines again. Your story has one author and it's you who holds the pen. And you know that I have to tell, I, I sing that or I talk that to myself often because it's true. It's us who has the pen. You know, some of the people I've been interacting with recently, it's coming up again and again, like sometimes you like, you get in this thing where you think, you think like things are happening to you. And that's when you're not holding the pen. That's in something else and some somebody else, a group of somebody else or the universe is holding that pen, whatever you buy to. And then eventually, hopefully you do some work and then it gets to this place where it's happening for you. You know, like the good and the bad, whatever those perceive. Like sometimes the gifts are awful because they bring about change, you know, and some of the kind of gifts are great. Like, oh my gosh, this helps me see the world in them. Uh, uh, from a lens that I never really could before. It was gifts and, and then it's happening for you and then eventually happening through you mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know, you don't really need to have ownership, you know, ownership over our decisions and our actions, but not over like the, the actual thing that is meaningful. You know, I don't have to think that it's happening to me. I don't have to think it's happening for me, it's just through me. It's like that place of where you like. I used to study Jet Kundo and, and uh, Jun Fan, which is Bruce Lee's form of martial arts, and I studied it with his best friend in Seattle, who kept this kind of secret school going. And one of the main things that, that was taught was learn the rules, keep the rules, forget the rules. You know, 
So like you learn the rules of like, I do have this, this pen and I am writing this story and I am in control of that. And eventually you get to this place where you even let go of that pen and you just are the story. Mm -hmm. Part of that presentation that was in our workshop, it was this idea very similar to, I I love that story because it was like we move from knowing to doing to being to becoming. And I think that happens with our money stories is that we go, as the more we get into it, yeah, you are the pen or we have become. And again, that's always a cycle. We're working towards it. And that's when we, I love how you really encapsulate the essence of what I was trying to articulate about this understanding our money story. Everyone talks about financial freedom. From a financial perspective, sure, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. If you have enough money, you don't have to work again. But there's this other relationship that we, I was trying to touch on is that even though we might have all the money, we might not be free. I've met tons of those people and many people oh, have. And I love yeah. how you made the song title ROI, which in the financial world, we know what that means. But then how you say like to invest in the here and now and the, the freedom is found within. And you'll hear that in the song. And that's, to me, it's, it's liberating ourselves from that, that intoxication effect money does have on us. Got so hard to live Identity of currency Devalued all the gifts part <laughs> yeah then we get to get it right right now before the song is gone like we get to like not we have to not we need to we get to like when you get to that point and you've done that work and you see like gratitude depending on like what it, it all these things are like end of time intertwined with that hero's journey with doing the work with seeing that life isn't happening to you, 
when you cultivate that reality for yourself and you can view that from an observer, you know, then you get to that place where you get to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, me, I have struggled. I have struggled with so many different, you know, um, with these identities, with depression. And, and it's really people, I have people that think like, wow, your life, you got it. You have the life, man. And you make it look so easy. And you just like, so you're so lucky. And yeah, they are right. I am contextually, like I have had a lot of privilege in my life. And I've also had a lot of struggle. That kind of realization, like of that work and like getting to a place where, and not like, when you're getting to a place, like you say, the mountain without a top, it's like, there's no, like, even that thought of getting to a place doesn't really resonate mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, where, what place of the wave do you get to while you're riding it? Mm-hmm. You know, that thing is constantly in motion. And just being able to like, have that frame of reference of like, we get to get it right. We get this opportunity to get it right. And that's like a collaboration that you remind me is like showing me and like, as that song is being written, you know, as I like, as that line's coming out, when I was writing that song, I was like, Ooh, we, because I think at first one, we, we have to get it right right now. Cause I'm just so ingrained in that pressure. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, hold on. Let's have a little stillness. Ah, yeah. Let's reflect on this. No, we get, we get to get it right. Like we we have this opportunity, we get to make a record together mm-hmm. about like changing financial identities and stories that like have the p- potential to help other people do the same. What a what a gift! ROI found the freedom <laughs> within. I love that like turn of that words too. Oh, I, I love think it. That'll definitely be more appreciated by the uh, financial set. <laughs> but it, even if not, people still, yeah, like I, I, ROI found the freedom within. Like the return on the investment is the freedom. It is. And like, it's not discounting any return on freedom on investment portfolio. Sure, it's important. But if I don't have the freedom within or the, you know, the permission to have or to get it right right now, what's the ROI? What's the actual investment return if I'm not like calibrating in the right, the right direction? Yeah, like you're you were recently interviewing someone and he was talking about the value of a dollar. Right? And then if you make ten dollars, the value of that making that dollar goes down. If you make a hundred dollars, that value incrementally, like because so now you have a hundred thousand dollars, making one dollar more isn't as impactful as when you started with one dollar to ten dollars. And so like when it was and then like once you get to a billion dollars, that's really low. So unless you have some sort of, I think he was saying, but unless you have some sort of philanthropic purpose already pre-baked into that journey, you're going to start becoming completely materialistic, mm-hmm. hedonistic, all these things that like, because you're going to lose the, val- the, the value set of where you actually began from. And like, that's what I think about with this ROI is we have these like... Um, these like marks of like where we've been, you know, you can look back and actually see like, okay, this is where I started. And that's why the return on the investment now that I actually feel fulfillment, mm-hmm. you know, within myself and the abundance that is clearly around me. And, and that's like, 
there's no way to calculate that. You know, there's no way to quantify what that really means. You can't put that on a spreadsheet. You really, really can't. <laughs> no, we've tried. Uh, yeah, it, it just didn't work. Uh, tab, tab three, I think it's on yeah. tab three. No, no, it's not there. As I was thinking about the the essence of this song, something that, you know, I never got the opportunity to share it with you, but um, George Kinder, who you, you did an instant anthem for him, he's, they call him the father of life planning, which is like, planning a life first and then finding money to fund it. He's got these, he's known for these three questions. The first question is if you, um, if you won the lottery and you had enough money, what would you do with it? And then the second question is, okay, the doctor actually tells you you have two to five years left to live. What would you do? Like, what would you do with your life? And then the, the first two are just setting the stage for the third one. And the third one's where the real discomfort could be, but it's, the doctor got it wrong. You actually have 24 hours to live. And the hmm. question the question is not what would you do, is what would you think about of who you didn't become or who you what you wish you would have done. And when that's where it's kind of like that to me, the ROI is starting to know that before you get that diagnosis. And then when you came in with, um, we only get one chance before our song is done, I was like, whoa, how did that happen? Because like, it was like writing the same essence and yeah. Yeah. It's a song. It's finite. Like whatever mm -hmm. these bodies that we're physically in is finite, mm -hmm. you know, and like you and I have talked a lot about getting more out of time, more life mm -hmm. out of time. Yeah. I spent most of like, if we were to flip it, you know, I've hung out, I spent time with incredibly, incredibly poor people who have very little resources. And I've spent time with, billionaires some of the times those billionaires like they like will do some music work and they start crying and they they're like what is this what like why why what i'm like oh that's you're feeling <laughs> you're actually feeling yeah that song only lasts so long and you know it's something that you can't can't teach anybody you can just you know like you got to sing your own songs right mm -hmm. like i'm glad i'm glad you did i'm glad like these what, what, what Sean did was like, that's one of the things like in your last 24 hours, that's not on the list. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, I did that. Yeah. I made a record. I made yes. a record. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing of like, why are you hesitating? You know, that's the thing that I deal with, you know, of like, what's the hesitation about, of, about actually doing the thing? Is it, is it like, for me, a lot of it was a fear of success. It wasn't a fear of failure, it was like a fear of success. And now I'm, I'm really grateful for our relationship because it's really pushed me to share a lot more. You know, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of what you call an anti-social extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful for it because it's really showing me like, especially the last conference Sean and I did, uh, you, and I, you and I did, yeah. was like amazing. Absolutely amazing what we were able to share live and in person with people. And Incredible. You, when you said that you're glad that I said yes to my wife, taking my uncomfort zone, like at this uh, Wonderlust Festival, going to music or uh, a songwriter workshop. I'm glad you said yes, because we were talking after. I'm like, yeah, you went to a financial planning conference where you don't usually find yourself. And Rudhub just got there and we had, I wanted to see a speaker. I'm like, let's go. The only spots were at the front of the room. Like, let's go to the front. And you're like, oh, I was thinking of the back, but okay. <laughs> and we went and yeah, I'm glad you said yes to come to a financial planning conference. Oh, yeah. 
Let's do more. We're going to do more of them. So then we get to the end here and mountain without a top. It's this idea that we're always striving, but we're never arriving. And that's something that we share in common is that we, we like you talked about earlier, we don't arrive. It's just, we keep experiencing. And I think there's some humility in this that we don't have it figured out, but we're trying and we're noticing more when, when we want things to, when we want a certain line written into our life song. And part of one of the greatest experiences I had was when me and my two brothers and my wife, we went to New Orleans to see Bruce Springsteen with my parents and my dad. And just like Bruce was like, his music just radiates in our household. And it was such a, yeah, just a magical moment. Spent like eight hours because you had to line up to get a good spot. Eight hours in the New Orleans sun and just having all of our family arms around each other. I'm like, this is this is happiness. And it did cost money, of course, but like that was joy. That was awe. And this last song, I was like, let's make it like a Al, like an arena rocker Springsteen song. And in hindsight, I realized that, you know, he's got a unique style. So I, I appreciate you being like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Of course. <laughs> I mean, like, what you know, let's do it. That's what you want. Let's go for it. Like, no shame, you know, don't ask, don't get. Like, yeah. So I mean, how many times we're afraid to like actually ask for what we what we want? Like, yeah. like, like that, like the, the first song, of afraid of not having enough or ask, wanting way too much. There's Mr. Shy. Yeah. This one also has some meaning behind it is when we did an instant anthem for myself and my wife, I talked about Mr. Shy and like I just put my head down and I would just do things, run marathons, run Ironmans, run triathlons, keep myself busy to keep Mr. Shy feeling recognized. And you have this line in that instant anthem that says, I'm not going to shy away from the mountains I need to climb. And I was like, oh. More life out of our time. More life out of our time. Oh, we don't shy away from the mountains we climb. Having the time of our life and making more life out of our time. This was before kind of a lot of the work and I knew I needed to. And just like those words gave Mr. Shy validation that he was there. But then it also played on my strength that I could just I can climb, like I've climbed mountains. I can climb mountains, but I need to do the inner work. And so, and I feel like that one bled into this song. So it was, was, Mm -hmm. and then how you say, how it goes is the surprise as I rise is the mountain is me. (laughs) (laughs) The surprise as I rise, it's setting myself free. I'm like, oh. (laughs) I was saying to a friend, because like, you know, there's a moment of surprise of like, well, wait, what? Like I, I, I was sharing with her like, you know, rainbows, these things that are ephemeral don't last too long, but they feel like a, a magic. They have to have rain. You got like, somebody's getting rained on <laughs> when, <laughs> when there's a rainbow, right? And there has to be rain and light at the right angle. And we were talking about it and she was like, you know, I understand. But also it's sometimes it's hard to see the rainbow when you're in it. Because you're actually in the rainbow a lot of these times. You're in the rain and the light and somebody from further away is watching you be in these things and what it took to be you. She made, it's this actual drawing of me 
that she wow. made of me playing music and like, but like that concept of like, it's hard to see the rainbow when you're in it. And it's hard to realize that you are the mountain sometimes because you're like externalizing this thing. Like it's, oh, this is some other thing that's separate from me that I have to deal with. And then it all goes back to like what you're talking about is realizing that you're Mr. Shy, realizing that you have work to do, realizing that, you know, um, the things that might have like kept you in your comfort zone and felt like safety net, you might outgrow and it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to outgrow those things. And I mean, you know, and then you get to that place where you're like, Oh, okay. I do have ownership of what I am and I can write my story and I do have this pen and then, Oh, Oh, wow. That mountain is me. And I'm never going to summit that thing because there's no way to because you're constantly shifting. You're constantly growing like mountains. Like there's, we don't, we don't see it because we have such small linear type but mountains are constantly doing this stuff. So like, what is the top of that thing anyway? And kind of seeing yourself in that way. Yeah, wow. The surprises arise that like it is setting me free. I love those kind of aha moments when mm-hmm. we're doing this work and we're like, wow, the, the actual like, reward being so much more expansive than we originally conceived you know like when we first started conceiving this record together we had no idea that it would manifest in this collection of the songs like it did or that it would lead to like because even right now it's leading to more mm-hmm. you know because of what we invested in so it's just like such a such an incredible place. And like we say at the end of the record, but it's like the end of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's back. still like still climbing, still climbing. And it, it's so, it's so fitting though. That surprise is rise is the, or the surprise is the rise of the mountain is me. Is that like, and it's setting me free is again, I go back to this money thing is we so often, have these beliefs and I, I, I did, I do. And I still will is that like more will make me free while there's some truth and it makes it easier. But like to what you're just saying, it, it, the surprise it's in, it's in myself. If I don't set myself free, then the money won't, it'll just keep making those, those chains around and around. And I don't know if you know that Bruce has a song called the promised land. I'm not familiar with it. It is a good song. And that, that, that line that I tried to quote earlier, I didn't get it quite right, but I love it because I love that song by his, but it's, there's a wealth. I love that part. There's a wealth in the peaceful practice of surrender. It tenders the map or tenders the map to the path of the promised land. And I was like, Oh, love it. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. Me and Bruce coconut. Wireless. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so good. All right. Let's listen to it. Crank your speakers, because this is our anthem rocker. (laughs) Take it on home. Yeah. I used to feel the summit was a thing to conquer. I used to try to prove that I could reach the peak. The motivation to be the best was an anchor. It kept me chained to the thought that the top was somewhere to reach. 
But the view from the heights I climbed replaced the feeling That where I am isn't where I'm supposed to be Now I know I'm never gonna stop I'm on a mountain without a top And the surprises I rise as the mountain <laughs> there it is way to take it way to take it on home how did that all happen i guess it's because well, we both said yes we both said yes and we didn't think of the outcome I, we didn't approach this as like what's the outcome we approached this as like what's the journey gonna be like mm-hmm. like i think that's one of the things that like just had, happened intrinsically like organically between us is we didn't really set like too much pressure on like what it's going to be at the end. It was more like, what are we going to build together? 
Mm-hmm. And I think that is like a very important like way to think about life as well. You know, like the way, like we're kind of trained to like, okay, I got to stack it up. I got to stack everything up for later in life. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of miss life mm-hmm. because we're obsessed with doing this thing to uh, 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 like achieve this goal or be in this place. And then you're like that, that person with the 24 hours to live and being like, oops, mm-hmm. like there, there is a good thing to have a, a, a crystallized vision and like also un- understanding the actual journey of making it is what's really, that's where like the, the, the meaningfulness will, will be. So true. It's so true. I mean, visions and goals keep us directionally right, but that's all we need to do. Be directionally right and just be present and enjoy it. And I know that this was meaningful for me because the pursuit of money had me distracted from experiencing what I had right now, working late in the evening so that I could build a safety net so that when I'm older, I can spend time with my kids when my kid was in my house on the floor waiting to play with me. Yeah. Just like, yeah. no, I'm going to get down on the floor and play right now. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way. Well, the journey will continue. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing this. Thank you for saying yes to this project because this has been super fulfilling. And there's more waves to ride out of this project. Uh, but I just have so much appreciation and gratitude towards your ability to listen and hear and write some amazing songs. Yeah, likewise, you know, thank you for saying yes years ago and for having the idea from a, a, you know, quite an outlier, unique place of what we can do with these, this gift and us collaborating together. It's, it's, it's so incredible. It's, we're just getting started. Well, we'll, we'll put our contact in the, the show notes. If people want a music or a instant anthem about their money story, email us. Um, we're, yeah. we're prepping if you want to, wanna, if, if you want a record about your money record, story, email Rudhub. Anything. Call, yeah. Go a record about your life. Call Rudhub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we're we're gonna be putting things together and doing similar to what we did in Denver and doing some conferences. And yeah, it, it's gonna be a fun journey. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Sean can tell you as well. Like, it doesn't have to be about money. You know, this mm-hmm. this stories like some of these songs we've done like collaborative songs for family members and like birthdays and anniversaries. And they've just been, it's incredible. Um, and it's a gift I love sharing. And like Sean said, we're, you can catch us on the road at our next conference. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be on tour soon. When we're on a tour with our music, I'm just going to watch you do perform. <laughs> we'll when both pe- be on stage in, in denim jacket. Yeah. <laughs> the Canadian tuxedo. When I, when I told people that I made an album, they're like, oh, did you sing? I'm like, nope. They're like, did you? Oh, you wrote the lyrics? I'm like, nope. They're like, what did you do? I was like, well, I kind of had some ideas. But uh, so when we're on tour, <laughs> there'll be something Executive like that. producer. Executive yeah, producer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, contact Rudhub. Follow him on Instagram. I, I enjoy watching your content. And like you said to the people at the conferences, if you need a recalculation or I, I forget the word you use, send you an email or a text and you'll make a song about anything. Yeah, for sure. Frequency adjustment. That's what yeah. it was. Yes. Pocket size, pocket size theme songs. And um, yeah, we look forward to any time we get to share with any of you out there. We'll be getting the album called 
change making money on Spotify very soon. So thank you, Rudab. It's been an absolute pleasure. Always, always, Sean. Aloha. I'm on a mountain without a top. My wealth is measured and now I spend my time. But now I write a freedom story with every breath inhaled. Money is not the boat of life. It's just the wind.